Hello, listeners, and welcome to episode 271 of the Spoiler Alert podcast, brought to you by MovieOutsiders.com. This is Mike. I'm here with Danny, and tonight we are reviewing the new thriller comic book accent, uh, the Joker. Danny, how are you doing tonight? Joker. Right. I'm doing great, Mike. How are yourself? I'm doing great. Thank you. Uh, this one's tough to pin down. Yeah, this is a, this is a unique genre, right? Like this isn't a I mean, it's an origin story. It's it's yep. unlike the Nolan Batman trilogy, right? Like we can't lump it in with those. Well, you know, when you think about the DC comic book universe and you think about what Christopher Nolan did with Batman Begins, you know, he obviously relaunched the Batman franchise and he really tried to ground those movies with a sense of realism. I feel like this movie takes that realism to an entirely new, yeah. very sad level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? This, this like, one's this one's sad and scary and depressing. Yes. Yeah. But real. But real. But much yes, more real. Absolutely. Like, yes. So there's more, there's no uh, yeah, nobody's yeah. flying in with a cape. In this movie, there's no special effects in this one. This one's very real. Very real and um, very different. And and we'll talk about it because I'm curious to get your take on whether or not this is sort of a legitimate effort by Todd Phillips, the writer and director, to do a take on a comic book movie. Or did he just want to do a movie like this and sort of took a backdoor route of oh. I can get it financed if it's a comic book movie. Sure. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. 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 It's almost like if someone wanted to make one of those old school, um, uh, like merchant ivory pictures that Anthony Hopkins did for a couple of years with Emma yeah. Thompson and everything, yeah. you know, butlers. And they're like, but what if the butler is Aquaman? Right. 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 right and you're right, like, right, Oh, yeah. okay. Like we just treat everything else exactly the same, but the butler is in fact, Aquaman. <laughs> right, right, yes. Like, is this just a, a way to get a movie financed? Because they, they're only green light in comic book movies these days? Maybe, yeah. Who knows? I don't know. We're not in those rooms. We're in the movie Outsiders. Well, we got right. We, we're not included. They don't right. ask for our opinion. They didn't ask, no. Well, so this movie is, um, as we already said, it's an origin story for the Batman villain, Joker, in this film played by Joaquin Phoenix. And the movie takes place in Gotham City in the 1980s. And his character, Arthur Fleck, is a, a clown, a, a children's entertainer, and a wannabe stand-up comedian. He is battling severe depression along with some sort of other mental illnesses or, or anxiety disorders. He's heavily medicated. He sees a therapist. And his life generally sucks. Yeah, it, it's um, sad. He becomes a victim of violence. And spends the rest of the movie just trying to keep the train on the track as far as his life goes, but ultimately is unable to do that and derails spectacularly, resulting in he himself becoming a violent offender and then ultimately and and really unintentionally becoming a trigger point for the rest of Gotham City's uh, downtrodden to rise up and yeah. riot yeah. committing horrific acts of violence and sort of tearing the city apart at the seams. And that's how the movie ends. Yeah. 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 It's, it's dark. It's rough. Bit of a dark yes. one. Yeah. 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 But I dug it. I, I yeah. really dug this movie. Good. I'm glad that you did. What, what did you like about it? 
Uh, I liked almost everything. I mean, oh, from the awesome. first few frames, okay. I, I liked the look of it. I loved the soundtrack. I loved the costumes. I loved how dirty and grimy. I felt like the team on this movie captured this to me when I was growing up. This is what big cities were always portrayed to be like. This is New York in the 70s and early sure. 80s. Yeah. This is like it's crime. It's rats. It's garbage strikes. It's everything horrible about living in a big city. Yeah. And today, you know, you go to Manhattan and it seems like it's all beautiful and wonderful and everything's great. And so it's just this feels like what big, awful, scary cities sure. were yeah. kind of meant to be. What, what, did you, what did you think of the film? Yeah, I, I feel similarly uh, to you about the movie. I, I think that this... Um, I, I think that it's... I, I think that it's very scary and... I really loved Joaquin Phoenix's portrayal yes. of Joker yeah. in this movie. I mean, I think that he's he's absolutely pitch perfect. I, I mean, we're talking about uh, a character who Heath Ledger won an Oscar for portraying not many years ago. Yeah, and I think Joaquin Phoenix kind of bests him in this in, in this particular role. Uh, by being by playing the human side of Joker as, as opposed to the behind the grease paint uh, Joker, and right. I, I think that he was really really scary. I, I think that it was very frightening and sad and depressing. And I, I, I totally agree with you. Loved the score, the the haunting strings throughout the yeah. entire film. Like I mean, you I I, I had to run out to. Uh, uh, get some popcorn at one point, and like I could hear them playing throughout the hall as I was walking back, and I'm like, these the the strings have not stopped throughout the movie. It was a really frightening, uh, deep undercurrent of the movie. I yeah. thought that I thought that that just rattled through the entire movie. Yes, I, I so I really enjoyed the film. the The whole cast I think is very strong. Zazzy Beats, and there's is, not is many really people good. in the cast. It's a very small cast. No, you're right, especially when it comes to speaking roles. Yeah. But one thing I will say that feels crazy is the character actor who plays Thomas Wayne yeah. was in the movie The Dark Knight Rises right? as a congressman right. whom Catwoman sort of abducts early in the film. And I thought, really? we What an odd choice to pick a guy who is in another Batman movie. And it's supposed to be like twenty years later, right? Or, or even yeah, and than yeah, that. he wasn't yeah, Thomas yeah. Wayne. I right. mean, he was a completely different character. Right. So to, it just that kind of pulled me out a little bit, especially with such a small cast, right? right. Like, right, it just felt a little weird. But boy, I I just thought everybody on screen did a great job. But you're right, Fe- uh, Joaquin Phoenix is awesome. Yeah, he's scary. He- he's so sad, and he he really threads that needle of. You start the movie and I really was feeling for him and I was empathizing with him and, you know, you feel bad for the the challenges he's facing. And then by the end, you're scared of him and he's reprehensible and he's, what he's doing yeah. is awful. But it's like, you wasn't that long ago that I was sort of wishing he would just get better and things would turn out for him. And he's such a, as an actor, this guy is such a tough nut to crack too. Like yeah. I, I mean, I liked him in. I, I was thinking about his other movies. I liked him in Walk the Line. I didn't love him so much in The Master. I liked him in Signs, uh, the the mm-hmm. M Night Shyamalan movie. Like like 
he's just i didn't love him so much in gladiator like no this this guy's so he's so (laughs) he's so polarizing as an actor but man did he win me over in this one and i thought like wow like i'm pulled into his horrible world in this movie like like i feel his hell totally and and Todd Phillips, the the director and writer, he really amplifies that. And it's almost right from one of the first scenes. You see Arthur as a clown and a gang of youths just steal his sign and then just totally beat the crap out of him. Right. For no reason. And it's like, gosh, just right up front. This this city seems like hell on earth and he's just trapped here and it's awful. And so – but I thought the movie was really, really well done. But – Honestly, the things that kind of pulled me out of it, you know, this movie pays a huge debt to Taxi Driver and the sure. King of Comedy. Yes. And Robert De Niro shows up as the the late night host, Murray Franklin, and it just felt like that was another thing that kind of pulled me out of the movie. It's sort of like, get it? He's playing the Jerry Lewis character. Right, right, right. Hey, remember when he was Travis Bickle from Taxi Driver? It's right. kind of like – Joaquin Phoenix in this movie. Right, right, it just, right. Like, I, I get the homage and I get, like, the respect of bringing him in, but it it pulled me out of the film. It, I agree that it, it, it did the same thing to me. Also, I found it kind of weird, like, is Gotham City, like, New York City size? Because, like, yeah. why do they get him as a late night show? Like, like no, Madison doesn't have a guy that's doing a late night show, like... Okanamok right. doesn't have a guy doing a late night show. So why does Gotham City get the guy with the Johnny Carson curtains doing the late night show? That that kind of seemed a little odd to me too. Like I I, I haven't I haven't analyzed all of the other Batman movies as well, but how big is that city that they get a, a guy that's like nationally syndicated? Well, it's a huge. It's supposed to be like a New York. I mean, it's okay. supposed to be gigantic. Yeah. Okay. Um. But it it just – if it was almost anybody else, you could still see the allusions to the the character, the, the allusion to the – certainly the taxi driver parallels would be loud and clear. Right. And certainly the, the character wanting to become a comedian and wanting to get on this show right. would, would sort of reek of the king of comedy. But to pull De Niro in just felt too on the nose or – like I said, it just – it kind of pulled me out. Similarly, the movie does a number of things with Thomas Wayne, Batman's dad, uh, is a somewhat prominent – well, he's not on screen a lot. He's a prominent character he's, he's and, and he's lot. deeply yeah. involved. Yeah. And the movie does some – it tries to um, plant some seeds and sort of change the lore of Batman in pretty shocking ways that I also just felt like I didn't need. I was yeah. fully engaged in this movie. This did not – they did such a good job, I thought. It did not need to be a comic book movie. No, I agree. Yeah, I, I, I agree that I they, don't know. they hit it two on the nose. And, I mean, and we've got the 15th movie where you actually see the scene of of Bruce oh. Wayne's parents getting killed. Another and I rolled my story. eyes. Like, I'm just like, yeah. I can't believe that I'm actually watching this yeah. again for the hundredth time. This is, yes. this is kind of unbelievable. <laughs> right down to the pearls. Like the, yes, the pearls I know. Like, like, why? Oh, <laughs> again. What? This whole one was Joker's origin. We didn't need 
Batman's again. Right, right. Uh, one thing that I did love, though, is um, going back to the King of Comedy and uh, Robert De Niro and being the late night Johnny Carson. It totally reminded that there's a scene where Joker is rehearsing how he's going to be on television. And it reminded me of that episode of Seinfeld where they've like oh, dug out the Merv the Griffin. The Merv Griffin, yes. yes. Like, and I couldn't stop laughing thinking about that. Like, it's, it's such a classic episode of comic television. And when Kramer takes a break and eats a bag of chips. <laughs> and like, they're, they're all looking around at each other like, what the hell is going on? Like, what? Why are we still not talking about this? Yeah, hilarious. I love that. I love that. Yes, yeah, yeah that was great, great sequence. Great, great. <laughs> um, I also really, I really liked Zazie Beetz. Uh, I think she's a lovely actress. Yes, I think she does a lot with a very small role. Very small role. Yeah, but it's also very pivotal, and it's one of those many points in this movie where you're sort of branching. And then you kind of take a hard left and you're like, oh, shoot. Yeah. Like, like what just happened here? And it makes you kind of revisit and rethink about everything you've just seen. But she does it very subtly. And I there wasn't like a gigantic yeah. reveal. And I thought it was handled very well. And she was great. What's up with that? What's up with that? What's up with that? What is up with the clown ready room? This like nasty old, like looks like an old, like a, a bar slash locker room slash hell hole with a bunch of sad, overweight, alcoholic, yes. just awful clowns who are always kind of in a perpetual state of half dress. Yes. yes. That room, every time a scene started or ended in that room, I was just so uncomfortable. Didn't the movie start in that room? Like, was that where we... Very up. close to it. Yeah, yeah. it's close to that. Yeah. yeah. What's up with the fact that that uh, scene that you referenced where Joaquin Phoenix's Joker character is getting kind of accosted on the train, on the subway, what's up with these Wall Street guys knowing the words to send in the clowns? Like, I love that song, and I remember it was one of my mom's favorite songs as I grew up. So, like, I remember listening to, like, Barbara Streisand singing it on records sure. as, as I grew up. No way do millennials know the words to that song. Even in the eighties, like no, these I, aren't millennials. These are eighties. Okay, even all right, fine, but it, no way. Like no, no this way. is in the eighties. <laughs> so you're giving them credit because they're growing up in the eighties. So they probably totally. also listen to my mom's Barbara Streisand records. Yes. All right. Yeah, fine. Totally. Fine. All right. Fine. What's up with the sequence of Joaquin Phoenix walking around in his tidy whiteies? But his tidy whiteies are baggy. Oh yeah. Well, like, he lost they were like, like forty saggy, pounds baggy. for this movie. Yeah, he's emaciated. He's very thin. He's very unsettling looking physically. His physicality yeah, he, is really amazing. The whole movie. He looks he has rough. Baggy, yeah. tidy whiteies. I I wish that I had abs that was like he did throughout them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what What's up with the scene where he's bathing his mom? Like I. I mean, uh, I don't feel like that's... she was at the level where she needed that. And so that's, I think, what I struggled with. Like, I bristled at that scene. Like, okay, like, I get it. You, you, you know, you you love your parents. You get to a point where you do that. But I don't think she was there. And so that's 
that or or maybe he didn't need to be there. Like yeah. we call somebody in for this because well, they I'm only no forty five. Like I, I don't know. It was it was rough. Yeah. It was rough. And of course the movie you know, his mom, Penny, is clearly got her own set of issues. They live in a very dire sort of living arrangement. Um and she, we learn, for 30 years ago, used to work for Thomas Wayne. She continues to write him letters, right. looking for some assistance, looking for some help, hoping he'll kind of swoop in and take good care of them. Now, spoiler alert, she also apparently believes that Thomas Wayne and she had an affair 30 years ago and that Arthur is Thomas Wayne's son, which would make him Batman's half-son. Or half-brother. Yeah, yeah half-brother. Yeah. Yeah. And so – if that's true, that's a shocking rewrite of sort of Batman lore and certainly ties the two of them together. But the movie never lets us know what's real. We we find out that maybe right. maybe right. He, Arthur is adopted and maybe his mom, in fact, um, was abused by a former lover yeah. and she, she spent yeah. some time in Arkham uh, Asylum. But then later in the movie, we see a picture of his mom. And it says, like, Love Thomas, handwritten on the back, or TW, and for Thomas Wayne. And so he just keeps kind of playing it both ways where you're never quite sure what's going on there. Which I but, think is kind of fun. Like, that, that's one of the things that I really liked about the movie. Oh, you, you did like that. Yeah, okay. I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. I think that's kind of cool. What's up with the scene where the police are chasing him down the street and he gets hit by a car full on? Yeah, and he just gets up and run away. What's up like, with anybody in any I mean, movie getting hit shatters, by a car? He shatters and like a taxi cab's like uh, a windshield, right? Like, I yeah, mean, it's yeah. it's it's full on like like that's a that, that taxi cab needs to like pull over and file like ninety minutes worth of reports after that. But like it, they just keep going on through traffic. Like he needs to yeah, be transported because his hip is broken, his pelvis is shattered, he's got like right, no bones right. left in one leg. Instead, he pops right up and runs away, and that happens in every movie. What's up with the fact that Joker is able to get an orderly at the hospital to obtain some medical records for his mother? And basically read them verbatim to him, but then he can't, like, hand them over to him. Like, no, that's protected health information. Like, no, you just disclosed everything that I've asked you. Like, no, you... you like, well, why now is it private? Like, how, how See, now I, does I, it become secretive? What was really weird is I took it that the guy had no problem reading everything to him until he realized he was reading something about Arthur. Yeah, right. and then it was like, like oh, now, wait a getting, now this is your private medical information, <laughs> so I can't give it to you. <laughs> it did feel like an arbitrary reading yes, of, of antiquated yes, Gotham yes. City HIPAA laws. Yes, right, right. I mean, the HIPAA laws are being broken all over the place for five minutes, and then it's like, oh wait, it's your information. I guess I can give it to you now, like, but I, I won't because now right. it's private, and I need to grab it from you, even though you've. Stole it. From yeah, that, that was, it was weird. strange. Yeah, yeah. What's up with the scene where the police come? They've interviewed Arthur's mother. She has a stroke because they're sort of circling around him as a possible suspect for the killings of the yuppies on the subway. And the scene is played very straight. And then Arthur turns and walks into a glass door. <laughs> like everybody in my audience laughed out loud. It was like. <laughs> 
but I couldn't tell if everyone was just so tense and it was just like any moment of brev- of levity to kind of let the you know, uh, relief out. the situation, yeah, yeah. But it was a big, kind of a big, broad, silly moment and one of the only silly <laughs> moments in the whole movie. There weren't a lot. Yeah, I agree. No, no. I, I, I agree. What's up with every Batman movie, every light has to flicker? Like, why yeah. can't we ever have, like, just a closet... Or a garage, or, 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 or a stairwell, a passageway, or, an or a elevator, stairwell, where yeah. like the the lights actually work. Like I know that lights go bad. I've been a homeowner for many right. years, uh, but usually they just like stop working. Yet in every Batman movie, they flicker until they go out, and they flicker for months before they go out. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now, can I ask you, so what's up with, there's a lot of concern, or there are a lot of articles written, who knows if there's really concern, about the violence in this movie. Okay. And it is a violent movie, but I think all told, Joker kills seven people. Yeah, yeah. I don't think the violence in this movie is is egregious it's a little more brutal it's a little more up close and personal you the ones that the, his murders spatter. are rough yeah, yeah 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 but you know every other comic book movie you know in in avengers you've got aliens attacking new york city right. how many tens of thousands of people are murdered right but they happen off people screen ex- or they happen because of cgi something right. just sort of explodes and that's the end of it so like this is one of the least violent I mean, from a death toll, sure. I guess, yeah. right? Like, but if anything, I felt like while it is a violent movie, I never felt at all like it was glorifying that. No. In fact, it made no. it seem like every one of those people who dies, you you feel for them and feel yeah. like it's shocking and it's yeah, uncomfortable and it's yes. awful. So this isn't a movie where there's so much violence, you kind of become numb to it. You know, I so I didn't see the new Rambo movie. But I'm just going to go ahead and presume that the new Rambo movie is more violent okay. than Joker. And yet Joker has all this hub- hubbub about That's, the violence. I, I think that is a really interesting point that you bring up. I mean, I don't know much about the Rambo series whatsoever, but I didn't feel like that this film was glorifying anything. I didn't think that things were egregious. The murder scenes were rough. Yeah. But in a two-hour film, they were the minority of scenes in the movie. So, I guess, it, I mean, this is no Quentin Tarantino, right? Django Unchained kind of movie or right, Hateful right. Eight. I, I mean, th- this is n- nowhere near that. No, and and each one of the characters who ends up being hurt or being killed, it's all part of the story. It's part of yeah. Arthur's character arc it's either he's been driven to it or it's you know it impacts him and i i just really it didn't see it wasn't casual and flippant and awful and it wasn't like look how cool it is it was it was rough scary yeah Yeah, scary yeah yeah Yeah. so okay so you're on the same page yeah on the same page i mean i think that silence of the lambs was a scarier violent film than this one was as far as like total minutes of screen violence goes so for sure yeah 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 all right buddy are you ready for five questions bring them on all right we've got five listener submitted questions for joker thank you listeners question number one 
Should DC give up on trying to mimic Marvel's tone and double down on this type of dark adult entertainment? I think DC should largely just give up in general. And I think Warner Brothers and other studios should make interesting, dark, original character films like Joker. But don't have to have anything to do with comic books. Excellent. Great answer. Thank you. Do you think Warner Brothers leaned in a little too much to reports of possible violence leading up to the release of this movie? Yeah, I mean, we talked about it. I, somebody was leaning into it. I mean, the the entertainment media was really, you know, trying to make this into, like, should you go see it? Are you going to get killed if you go see this movie? And I just feel like... We talked about it. It has violence. It doesn't glorify violence. I think it makes violence scary and awful and something reprehensible. So isn't that a better message than the films that do, in fact, glorify violence? Yeah, I just I, I agree. This whole yeah. conversation feels a little weird, uh, which is a great segue into the next question, which is can a movie ever truly be dangerous? I don't know. I, I think not. It's art. It's. No one's forcing anyone to see it. Right. Um, If people are unstable and they get inspired by something, they're going to get inspired by other things as well. Like a comic book. I don't know. Like like, Like a comic book, like a TV show, like a book, like a a painting. Right. Uh, Yeah, there's a lot of violence out there. I don't know. Yeah. The news. Right, right, right. Uh, question number four. This role could finally nab Joaquin Phoenix an Oscar just ten years after Heath Ledger won posthumously for playing the same character. So what's Jared Leto's excuse? Oh, yeah. He, he you know, in the annals of the Joker, I think he is about the, the basement. Right. Like, everyone's pretty clear. I mean, everyone would prefer Cesar Romero to Jared Leto. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, 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 his yeah. take was just it was awful and Suicide Squad was terrible and we should all just forget about that and move on. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Uh question number 5. Arthur's murders play out amid radio and TV reports of a so-called anti-rich movement swelling in the city as income inequality protesters take to the streets. What advice do you, a big wig fat cat banker? <laughs> for Gotham's janky lowlife trash people. Oh my gosh. I, I think I think this listener wow. knows you. Like I think he might have well, met they, you. Yeah. yeah. They know me maybe, but I'm not in fact a banker, so nor a fat cat, nor whatever the other adjectives I, they I, use. I disagree were. with all of these things, but it, well, it's uh, fine. It's neither here nor there. So yeah. I'm not a banker. I will say it did feel so the that was another piece that felt a little forced, right? Like the the subway on the subway, three guys get killed. Right. They turn out to be reprehensible stockbroker jackasses from the eighties. And and based on that one crime, the news is already reporting on an anti-rich movement, and everyone just immediately is like, maybe we should just kill all the rich people. And it's like, whoa, 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 we. we it seems like a pretty big leap to right, go from right. one to the yes. other, right? Yeah, like, yeah. it just felt like it fit the story and people were looking for any excuse to light that match and, and kill the rich. But 
uh, I, I don't have any advice, nor would I ever refer to people as, what was it, janky garbage people? Uh, j- uh, janky low-life garbage people, yes. Uh, yeah, that was the that was the listener's question, yes. <laughs> terrible. And that's five questions. All right, well, thanks for the questions, listeners. Thanks so much. All right, well, final thoughts on Joker. I really enjoyed it. I think I would see it again. I liked how dangerous and gritty and awful it was. The acting's good. I think people should check this movie out. It's worth seeing. How about you? Yeah, I agree with you. This doesn't even feel like a comic book movie to me whatsoever. I really enjoyed it. It was it was scary and dark and upsetting. And I don't know that I'd want to see it a second time, but I would recommend anybody else see it at least a first time. And uh, I think this was an, a really cool in, introduction into the Batman universe. Sounds like you liked it too. So it sounds like we got a green light for all future comic book movies. This one has given us <laughs> another uh, another year or two of every comic book movie that comes out. We got to check it out because this one was so good. All of them. All of them. Yes. Well, coming yes. up next, I think we're going to try and see a movie about your favorite human, Judy Garland, played by your other favorite human, Renee Zellweger. I can't wait. All right. Thanks, buddy. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the Spoiler Alert Podcast. Please visit us online at movieoutsiders.com, where you can see what films we'll be discussing next, comment on our recent episodes, suggest movies to review or topics to discuss, or submit questions for the five questions segment of the podcast. Stop by and visit our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash movieoutsiders, and be sure to follow us on Twitter at movieoutsiders. If you're a fan of the show, we'd really appreciate you leaving a review on iTunes, Overcast, Stitcher, or whatever podcast subscription service you use. We'll be back again next week with another episode, but until then, enjoy the movies.